to Beyond the Stethoscope, the podcast for veterinarians, healthcare providers, and busy professionals who want actionable, implementable solutions surrounding work-life balance, accomplishing your goals, and living your dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Demery. Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a busy professional who is looking to reclaim your time, energy, and focus to be your best, most productive, and highest performing self. As a high performance coach, I help busy professionals like you gain clarity, energy, and courage to take actionable steps towards accomplishing their goals and living their dreams. If this sounds like you and you want to work with me, I only have three openings still available for high performance coaching, and I have decided to offer them exclusively to listeners of this podcast. Simply go to pauseconsulting.com forward slash podcast to apply. And let's see if I'm the right person to help you not only accomplish your goals, but also live the life of your dreams. Let's make your best year yet. We are here today with Todd Palmer. Todd is an executive coach, keynote speaker, renowned thought leader, author, and CEO who is committed to helping business owners tackle their obstacles and clear their path to success. As an entrepreneur and active CEO, Todd knows the struggles business owners face regarding people, cash, strategy, and execution. He took his company from being $600,000 in debt to making the Inc. 5000 as one of America's fastest growing companies and astounding six times. He specializes in helping leaders connect the mission statement of the organization with their personal core values while addressing fears, self-doubts, and imposter syndrome. He brings a unique blend of authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability to help leaders and organizations achieve their highest goals. And he's here today to share his story, what he's learned along the way, and his proven framework for helping business owners achieve success and busy professionals get out of our heads. Welcome, Todd. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, gosh, Angela, thank you so much. Oh, well, it's so great to see you. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your career path and how you decided to become an entrepreneur and sort of the beginnings of your company? Sure. So I decided to become an entrepreneur because I was a terrible employee. I was the employee who had a lot of ideas that would go bother my boss. And I would hear that we always have done things this way. We're always going to continue to do things this way. And it just drove me nuts. And it really dawned on me that I really would rather work 60 to 70 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else. And then I had the great opportunity to gain custody of my son. So I became a single parent. And the story I told myself when I didn't know any better was, well, if I'm an entrepreneur, I get to work maybe a little bit more, but I can control my time and I don't have to do certain things and I don't have to travel for work and all that turned out to not be true. But that's the story I told myself. And so I came up with a business plan and my original plan was for nearly $200,000. And I started shopping to banks and I was not very bankable as a recently divorced single dad. Nobody really wanted to give me the money. But a friend of mine suggested that I pare down my aspirations a little bit, come up with a more realistic plan. And so I actually got a loan for $15,000 to start my staffing company here in Detroit. And within 72 days, we finally started making money. And I didn't know that it usually took much longer. You know, I was the great fortune to be in a place where there was an increased demand and a diminished supply for human capital. So I started my company, Diversified Industrial Staffing. And off I went on this entrepreneurial journey, very much like that of a roller coaster with lots of highs and lots of lows. And then that was, gosh, 
1997. So it was a little while ago. And here I am with you today. Oh, wow. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I think so many of us are thinking, gosh, should I take the leap of faith and go work for myself? Do I continue to stay on this hamster wheel and trade my time for dollars? And just depending on our own personal viewpoints, where we are in our lives, how much financial security maybe we need. There's so many different things that go into that decision making. So I really appreciate you sharing your decision-making process with all of us today. I was very dissatisfied as an employee. That was the main crux. I just couldn't do it. So now when I'm coaching people who are startup entrepreneurs or even solopreneurs who are building jobs, not necessarily building companies, and that's great too. A lot of it, like you're saying, is what's driving you to do it? And I was so incredibly dissatisfied being an employee that I felt I just needed to take the wheel of my life, take the wheel of my career versus leaving it in someone else's hands. And so many busy professionals, as you know, Todd, struggle with perfectionism and this label of failure. Both professionals and political candidates that I work with are often afraid of making mistakes, especially when they put themselves out there as a leader in the public eye. And I keep hearing this phrase, fail forward. And I know you talk a lot about this too. And I just want to share, it's not my favorite phrase because I feel like I want to say, I never fail. I'm just learning. We need to learn forward and we need to be okay with this failure. Is this idea of failure, is that really the issue with this perfectionism and wanting to not fail and to be perfect all the time? But in your opinion, Todd, what's the formula or process that successful leaders use to turn their failures into catalysts for success? I could tell you a story about that. So as a leader, I was 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey and I had some good years. I had some tough years, but I was still in business 10 years later. And it was slowly creeping up within me that I just wasn't enough and that I could be doing better and that all the other entrepreneurs I knew had it all figured out and I stunk. And as I'm talking about my new books coming out in February of 2021, where it's called From Suck to Success. And I talk about very much what I went through and how my construct at that time around failure was very much win-lose. If I tried something and didn't work, that means I sucked. If I tried something and didn't work, that means the world was against me and that everybody else had it figured out and I didn't know anything. Now, I'd been in business 10 years, but I didn't know anything. So it was this, a lot of the story I tell myself. And what I realized that I was misapplying a lot of definitions. One, failure is just a construct. I agree with you 100%. So I coach people and I use a coach and his name is Danny Friedman. And he talks a lot about that when you try something and it doesn't work, all you've done is learn. That's how we do things. And I love the tech companies I work with because they embrace, that's where I got the fail forward from them. It's like, yeah, we just keep failing forward, which really swat the word fail worth learn. I continue to learn forward. And that's really what it's about. So for me, I'm 10 years into my journey, beating myself up on a pretty daily basis. I'd gotten to the point where I'm $600,000 in debt. My itty bitty shitty committee's meeting and there's 600,000 members of that committee. So they're a pretty powerful force in my head to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. And it was like devastating. And I'm two months away from running out of all of my cash. As I mentioned, I was a single dad. My kid and I were going to lose our house. And finally, for the first time ever in my career, I actually raised my hand and I asked for help because I came from that generation of entrepreneur where we're rugged individualists. That we should have all answers to all problems for all people all the time. I had to be the oracle. And I wasn't. And I extended beyond my capacity. I was really good at building myself a little job. But when I tried to build myself a big company, I struggled with a lot of those imposter syndromes. And when I hired a coach, he, he helped me reframe what that meant. He was a college golfer back in the day. And he would say to me, you can only play the shot you're on. You can't play the shot you just hit. Can't do that again. 
and you can't play the shot you might hit after you hit the shot. You can just focus on the now and be positive about it. The thing called the five positives. And it would start with something simple like I got out of bed and I went to work and I went to the gym. So there's three positives right there. And then I called some of my favorite clients. And then I talked to some great candidates and helped them find some new job opportunities and just perpetually motioned that through. And he helped me really understand that if I'm going to change my business on the exterior, I had to go on the interior. I had to do inside out leadership, work on myself in order to show up in my business, to show up in my family, to show up in my life, to get the results I was hoping to attain. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Todd. And I have so many questions. You've packed in so much great information for our listeners today. So I just want to take a minute and start unpacking some of these ideas. And one of the big ideas I heard you share is around this idea of needing a coach. Like so many of us are coaches, but we also have coaches. And to hear you talk about that decision-making process that I was in so much trouble, I needed help. And so even though I was $600,000 in debt, I found a way to pay for the help and the coach that I needed, which ended up turning it all around or being maybe the first step in that process to turning it all around. And then also this idea of living in the present moment, being fully present and engaged with what we're doing and joyful in that moment, not worried about all the other things. Now, there's always time to worry about the other things or think about them, right? But is that a little bit of what you were talking about? Or was there some other help that you were able to get through that coaching process as well? Oh, my coach was a godsend because I realized an entrepreneur alone is an entrepreneur at risk. But yet the story I told myself that I had to do it all myself. So finally, I put all my pride and ego aside and decided I got to step up. I got to take care of my son. I got to take care of my company. And he was the very first step in the process of changing the business. I'm $600,000 in debt because I was a salesperson who didn't understand margin well enough. So I was trying to reach a number. I was trying to get a revenue number, which is the worst thing I could have possibly done. So I'm chasing the zeros, right? And chasing that high of the yes, high of the sale. And we broke it down and we took a look at what was wrong with the business. So first thing we had to do is we had to fix the margin, fix our client base. Second thing is I had allowed a lot of toxicity to bleed through the organization. That's on me as the leader. That's not anybody else's choice. I picked this team. I didn't hold them accountable and I let the inmates run the asylum. That's on me. Well, things have to change. So I talk about the worst day of my life, the worst day of my professional career, September 9th of 2006, I walk in with the help of my coach and the support of my coach. And I fired my entire company and I started over because they had a fixed mindset. They were very much wrapped up in the failure. They were good at finger pointing. It was everybody else's fault. It was Todd's fault. It was so-and-so's fault. Well, the reality was we needed a new day. So what we really did is, we, you know, it's kind of the model I teach. You know, recognize the intention. Well, my intention was I need to get out of debt. $600,000 is going to sink me and my family, sink my business. I got to get out of debt. So that's my intention. But then I had to take actions around that intention well, the first action was I got to get rid of the teammates that don't work for me and I got to replace them. The mistake I was making is I was only hiring people with a recruiting background or an HR background. What I needed is I needed people who were good people, who bought into the core values of me, bought into the core values of the organization. And so I hired for DNA, not for resume. So I take people from restaurant, from retail, from medical. I hired a lot of people who had been medical assistants who were caring people, who were part-centered people. And then I taught them to be good recruiters. Before, I tried to get good recruiters and teach them how to fit our culture, and that didn't obviously work. And then we tried a bunch of different things, going back to the fail forward thought process in quotes. How do we learn forward? So we created this contest every week where who could get the most no's, not who could get the most yeses. Because in those no's, we learned what we were doing wrong. We got very massively curious. We asked a lot of questions of our customers. And over the course of eight years, 
we reached upon an inflection point where there's an increased demand and a diminished supply of human capital in the manufacturing space. We dove into that. We were able to increase the margins significantly for the business. And we got paid faster, which helped to get us out of debt. And that's when the business was able to hockey stick and make the Inc. 5000. And as you were so nice enough to point out earlier, is one of the fastest growing companies, a crazy six times. So a lot of different pieces, a lot of different stumbles forward, a lot of learning forward that took place in order for us to get out of debt, make the list, have the company become successful. And it was all because this team believed in me because they were willing to learn forward. I so incredibly appreciate that. And this conversation around this idea of the fixed versus the abundant mindset, right? We have this fixed mindset, the pie. There's only so many pieces of the pie. And once you get a piece, then there's not enough for me versus that there's just opportunities for everyone. And that's a hard mindset to unlearn. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I go back to being a kid. We play sports. Either I won or I lost. It was really simple. You know, Ricky Bobby, or if you're not first, you're last. We hear that message and I can see from a certain level where people think that. But when we're running a business, we're raising a family, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have hiccups along the way. And if we can approach those hiccups and we can approach those mistakes with a curious mindset, with a learner's mindset versus a fixed mindset, we're going to get a whole lot further. And I just believe let's be intentional, not have expectations. Because when we have expectations, it goes back to I won or I lost. But when I'm intentional, I can see different opportunities. I'm going to be much less reactive. I'm going to be a whole lot more creative in how to get unstuck around the money or unstuck around a relationship or unstuck around a sales problem. How do we do that? Well, if I'm really curious about it and I'm listening to absorb, not to respond to the needs of the customer, I'm going to get a whole lot more information. So we're calling companies in the recession. Nobody's hiring. It was pretty clear, but yeah, I still had to make the effort, still had to try, still had to pay my people. Well, they're here. We better do something smart about this. So we started coming up with different ways to find out the ideal mindset of, okay, granted, you can't hire right now, but when you can hire, what kind of person are you going to want to hire? And that turned into, well, this hidden vein of gold. And they would say, well, I need this kind of person when we get stronger. Okay. So if I find that person for you, you would hire them once we get better. Well, honestly, between you, me, and the lamppost, I'd hire him today and I could probably get management to sign off on it because we can never find them. They became like the unicorns. So if I became the unicorn herder and I had a whole inventory of unicorns, I could reverse sell them back into the marketplace. But we only learned that by approaching it with massive curiosity, thinking about how do we take care of the customer versus just thinking, oh, I'm going to make more calls and everybody's going to say no and the day's going to stink and I'm going to go down home and kick my dog. And No, let's go and approach and learn from this. And there was a huge shift in the mindset within the organization. Yes. And one of the high performance things that I teach is around this idea of questions. And it's about how to ask better questions and to get out of that negative mindset and really focus on positively direct our minds through the power of questions. And it sounds just very similar to what you just shared here. So how can we ask questions to really positively direct our minds, be curious and learn And I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that whole phrase around just really getting stuck. Oh, this day is going to suck. Well, when we start hearing that circle around in our brains and hear that, what do you call it? The itty bitty shitty committee in our heads. That committee is always hiring, even in a recession or during COVID, that committee (laughs) is always hiring. So what I teach people is to start with an intention. What do you want? And then when you're talking to somebody, you're not getting what you want. It's a lot of tell me more. So I want to come on your show. Great. Can I come on this Monday? 
I don't have any slots on Monday. Okay, well, when else? Tell me more about that. When do you think you'll have some openings? Well, I'm not going to have any openings for six months because my show's rocking and we got plenty of guests and we're so busy. That's awesome. Tell me more. How did you get so busy? And the more I lean into the uncomfortable of, sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask probing questions. But if I ask more probing questions to learn more about you, you'd be surprised how many times when people will say, well, you know what? I could probably make time for you because I'm super curious about you. It's about you, not about me. And I'm listening to absorb. I'm taking in what you're sharing. I'm mirroring it back to you to let you know that I've seen you. I've heard you. I validated you. You're just going to start to want to connect with me more by and large because I'm curious about you. And we live in a society right now where everybody lives behind their phones and we're texting like fiends and we're on social media and we're connected, but we're really disconnected because we're not talking heart to heart. We just had dinner last night with somebody brand new in our lives and they had such a great time because they said, you're the most interesting people we know because all we do is ask questions about them. And when we are seen and heard as human beings, we're naturally going to be more interested and want to gravitate towards those people, which in the buying world is great, which in the medical world is like, when you have a doctor, you have a dental professional who is about you as the person who's scared, frightened, in pain, discomfort, and they're asking questions to help you solve the issues. It's a powerful learning experience. And when that powerful learning takes place, that powerful connection takes place, you could have a client for life. Absolutely. And as we say in the military, HUA, heard, understood, and acknowledged. So that's our acronym there. And just for the listeners, too, who may not have picked up on your reference to the Ricky Bobby reference, that is from Talladega Nights. It is one of my favorite movies and one of Will Ferrell's, right? Will Ferrell's oh, yeah, in there? Yeah, yep. yeah. So check it out if you're up for a good comedy flick. And just wanted to share that. We have a global audience. Maybe not everybody. Has, oh, sure. Yeah, I appreciate. Movie. Yeah, you got to create the frame and the reference for that. I appreciate you for that. Yeah, I always think about it when my media training, when he was like, I don't know where to put my hands. You know, it's like, that's <laughs> always for a long time how I felt when I was on camera. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Right. Oh, so, for sure. For sure. So I referenced that movie too. So awesome. Well, I so appreciate you sharing all of this great tips and insights with our listeners today. If they're interested in learning more about what you do, how can they connect with you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to talk anyway. My specialty is really inside out leadership. I help leaders get unstuck around their itty bitty shitty committee, get them unstuck around what they're stuck with in their business. It's amazing. Even I'm doing a lot of working with work-life integration. You know, I work with them on their business, but also what's stuck in their family. So anybody who wants to reach out to me, please check me out at my website, extraordinaryadvisors.com. If you send me an email, my email address is Todd at extraordinaryadvisors.com. Please mention that you heard me on Angela's show and I'd be happy to give you 30 minutes of my time for free. We can talk about any part of your life where you're unstuck, any part of your life where you're learning forward or possibly by society standards, failing forward and give you some principles and ideas to hopefully just improve your lives a little bit like the coaches have impacted me. The coach I still use today is impacting me on a weekly basis when we speak. So it's my chance to pay them back for all the great learning I've got if people want to reach out. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate that. And I encourage everyone who feels like they connected with Todd to take him up on that offer. As long as his time lasts, I'm sure it'll just get snapped up like that. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And now, Todd, if you're ready, I think it's time for our five questions segment. Oh, hit me. Let's go. So you're thinking about running for office, but you're just not quite sure where to start. You know the policy issues. You know what members of the community really care about. But everyone's telling you the story of, don't run, why bother? 
An incumbent could never be unseated, right? Well, I have a secret. Incumbents have been defeated in every election since 1954 for the United States House of Representatives. My name is Dr. Angela Demery. I'm a veteran and a veterinarian. For over a decade, I have been working in politics and policy between Washington, D.C. and state government. Together, we can jumpstart your campaign with my proprietary coaching and consulting program. You'll get access to all of my swipe files and innovative ideas that I use to have real-time polling data by leveraging volunteers, available technology, and statistics. How would it feel to wake up each and every day energized, no longer cringing when people ask you, why are you running? Wouldn't it be great to have more courage on the campaign trail, to have more joy when you're dialing for dollars, raising the money that it's going to take for you to have a successful campaign? Well, together, we can make that happen. Schedule your strategy call today. And together, let's jumpstart your campaign. So for question number one, we know that the most successful and happy people have a morning routine or an evening routine. What do you do each morning or evening that sets your day up for success? So there's two things I typically do mostly in the morning because I do believe how we start our day is how our day will go. And I will do these two things. It depends on the day and where I'm at in the world. I will always do a gratitude expression. So I'll reach out to people on social media that I know or through text or through email or through the telephone, God forbid, and actually reach out and let them know how important they are to me and check in with them. And then I also, for self-care, that I will do an exercise routine four to five days a week. And for questions number two and three, I love to separate out these ideas because I think so often we conflate this idea of success and happiness, that once I achieve X success, then I will magically be happy. And we just know from the research that that simply isn't true. So for question number two, what's your definition of success? Oh, so glad you asked. So like you were saying, I used to think success was getting a $20 million company in the external what I've learned is that for me, it's very internal. So success is doing what I want, when I want, with who I want, where I want, as often as I want to do it. And that could be walking through the park with my family, going to play baseball down in Arizona like I did a couple of weeks ago, or going on a luxury trip. They all are things I want to do, and that makes me feeling very successful and very accomplished. Awesome. And what's your idea uh, or definition of happiness? You know, it goes back to being satisfied. I've learned for me, I focus more on being satisfied and realizing that being happy is just sometimes part of that journey for me. And so for me, a satisfying journey is when I'm working with the clients. Sometimes they have really tough conversations. We get them unstuck around that. And it was hard. Was I happy? But boy, when I, after the conversations, are, I'm feeling very accomplished and very satisfied. And if I want to have immediate happiness, it's a little bit of a secret. I'll just have a little bit of chocolate. A little dark chocolate's always a good little spike for dopamine in the brain. Or I'll sit and watch movies that make me laugh and spend time with people who enrich my life. Yeah, I really love that because sometimes we just have to get out of our own ways and get unstuck and say, well, what would make me laugh here? Or what can I get just a little bit of respite in this really crummy day? <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes we sure. just need that little pick me up. So, you know, dark chocolate or funny movies, funny clips, like whatever that is for you. I think those are really great tips. And another thing that I'll share with you that has worked for me too, is just, I was traveling a lot one year, not this year, but a couple of years ago. I mean, it was just like planes, trains, and automobiles three, four days a week. And so I started smiling at people in the airport 
And it was so funny because they would look at me like, and they would start smiling. And then I would notice all the kind things that were happening, like all the people going out of their way to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I started really focusing and training my brain to see only the positive things. And that was like a game changer in a matter of weeks. I love that. Especially like during the holiday season, and we're recording this in December, you see so many people doing like random acts of kindness where people don't always know, but we know we did that random act and the joy it gives ourselves and that sense of pride we can do in, in helping someone or paying it forward in the line of Starbucks, wherever that works. Just those little things make a difference. They add up. Yeah, absolutely. And for question number four, this is one of my favorite questions too. What do you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago? Oh, gosh, I think you just touched on it, that internal satisfaction, internal happiness does not come from external means. You know, I've got clients and I've had this conversation with them multiple times, like I've got a $1 million company and my, well, I'm not going to be happy until I reach 5 million in revenue or 10 million in revenue. And see, chasing the zeros doesn't work. And I thought that's where it came from. And now that I've had this shift, thanks to my coach and thanks to the wonderful people I spend my time with, I really do realize that it's all about living in the moment and making each moment count and being with the people that and having the experiences and the enriching conversations like I'm having with you now. That's where the happiness for me, that's where the satisfaction, that's where the joy comes from. That's such a fantastic way to describe life and enjoyment and what we wish we would have known 10 years ago. So really thank you for bringing that around full circle for all of us here today. And for question number five, what do you think is the biggest issue facing busy professionals today? Oh, wow. One, I think it's the itty bitty shitty committee. I think I hear a lot of that. Number two, I think it's dealing with work-life integration. I've not seen anybody crack the code yet on work-life balance having them feel like they are more than enough wherever they go, that they're more than enough for their family, more than enough for their business. But so much of that is setting up front expectations with clients and family, setting up upfront expectations with yourself and how you show up and perform best. And ultimately, how do we practice more kindness to each other into the world so that we go through with more smiles on our faces and less frowns? Yeah. And I love that phrase, work-life integration too. I agree. I think it's really more about how do we integrate all the important pieces of our lives and worry less about the equitable amount of time we're spending in each area, but the quality of time and being fully present and putting the freaking phone down and away, right? Like (laughs) that can help. For sure. For sure. Engaging them in those heart-centered conversations, whether it's your clients and the people you work with and work for, but also your family, your kids. I mean, parents can't give them hours and hours and hours of time. If you can give them 10 to 30 minutes of uninterrupted focused time on them, that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, that's for sure what they'll remember. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for sharing all of these great tips and insights around kicking that perfectionism to the curb and getting over this idea of failure to just really recognizing that it's about learning and growth and getting curious. I really appreciate all of your great insights that you shared with our listeners today. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate the opportunity. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Beyond the Stethoscope. I hope you are inspired to take actionable steps towards accomplishing your goals and living your dreams. 